This episode is brought to you by Marketing Directive. Marketing Directive is your digi marketing solution with a team of marketing specialists operating remotely to maximize your marketing levers and focus on your business objectives. Explore more at marketingdirective.co. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about social media, what it does for your business and how you learn to use it, basically. I feel like this is going to be a great discussion because there's just so much to social media. Uh, First up, we'll chat with Brian, as always, and then we will welcome in today's amazing guest, Prue, from Hello Hattie Collective. So, Bri, how are you? Good. (laughs) <laughs> I've uh, just gotten over my cold, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe, possibly. Do we, um, I think we should probably tell the listeners what is going on. It, we normally record uh, our part of the episode during the day yeah. um, when the kids are either out of the house or at daycare, but uh, Brian's on holidays, it's close to Christmas, so we are recording, it's about 9, 9.30 at night, we are in our bedroom, Brian is chucking a tantrum <laughs> because he does not like the setup, he can't work like this. I can work like anything, I'll work with anything, anywhere, anytime, I'm out there to help people. <laughs> is not that is not the vibe that i'm getting from you brian anyway so social media Mm, yeah well everyone knows me from my um amazing reel oh have you ever done another reel like since that first one did you follow that up it's got to be in the moment (laughs) oh dear i I have had a lot of people look at it though i feel like potentially this is going to be some of our best work under these trying circumstances yeah we will we will uh, succeed. We had to do this really late too because we needed to watch the uh, the sequ- the what is it the season finale, finale for, ye- for Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Holy hell, it was good. Did you like it? Did I like it? Look, it's it's left a lot open for n- November this year. I reckon Taylor Sheridan is just going to be printing dollar bills. Yeah, Taylor. If you're listening to me, you need to finish every season like you finished season three. Yeah, definitely. It was amazing. I love it. Yeah. So, like, there's going to be some big changes coming up. What are they? Uh, well, I'll be starting a podcast. <laughs> Will you? Will you? Is yeah. this breaking, like, breaking news? It's breaking news. To me as well. You'll hear a lot of it on our social media, but... um. <laughs> Crab Oz is coming back, baby. <laughs> oh, God. We better get back on track. Come on. Win of the week. Any wins this week? I have had the cold all week. So, getting a negative COVID test was a win. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Any business wins of the week? Business wins of the week. Well, we've had a couple of people um, sign up to the course. Yeah, yeah, we have. We've nearly got out. We've nearly got a full course for our next January edition, which is opening on the twenty fourth of January, which is really exciting. Kicking off the new year with a bang. Yeah, with a kabang. I want to make sure that everybody goes either to our social media or the All Things Small Biz Family group on Facebook and drop your business wins of the week in there, so that we can give you a shout out as well. Feedback. We've had some really, really, really amazing feedback for both of our last two episodes. For our last episode, which was for Kelly Tischler, the Opal miner from Lightning Ridge, we've had some just amazing feedback about what a what a gem of a person she is, how open, how honest, how raw she is. But also we've had some beautiful feedback about our episode with Chantelle from Boxy um, and just the strength that she showed to talk about her mental health journey and how her small business has helped her get to where she is. So thank you all so much for your feedback. We really appreciate it. And make sure you keep that coming. Woo. (laughs) So social media. How important is it to your business, Sarah? Well, 
it's pretty important, but I think that um, since I had my business social media hacked, I have made a distinct effort to make it less important to my business because I think you can fall into a trap of thinking that, you know, the free advertising is the be-all and end-all. The number of followers that you've got following your business is the be-all and end-all. And in my experience, it's not. Yeah. It, it's not important to your business? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm saying it's, it is, it's particularly important to my business, but it can be taken away so easily. So, I think that you have to have a much broader strategy than to just okay. rely on your social media. Yeah, now I understand. So, you've got to have different avenues um, just in case one isn't working. You've got another one that's, that's the backup. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. How have you learned to use social media to the um, best of its abilities or best of your abilities? Yeah, well, I think it's something where you're always continuously learning. I don't think that there's anybody who is doing everything perfectly. I think that there's always room for growth. Mm. But there's a lot of pages that I follow. I have recently done a course with Tori from the small business community, and that was amazing. And if anybody is looking for some growth on their social media, I would highly recommend Tori's course, The Graham School. But realistically, I follow a lot of people. I watch stories, reels, lives, Instagram lives that other people are doing that maybe consider themselves to be a specialist and learn from that. You're saying that's where you get your ideas from and- Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's loads of different tips and tricks that you can do. And I'm more than happy for people to reach out to me, you know, if they've got questions. But like one thing, for example, is we talked about reels a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Tom from the Collet Hotel. And, you know, you don't have to be the person that thinks up all the amazing ideas for the reels. Mm -hmm. There's little tips and hacks that you could do. So, say you follow somebody who is really amazing at giving out small business tips and tricks. And I only say that because that's the area that we're in. If you go on to the search feature and you search for a hashtag or something, you know, like small business hacks. And then when the results come in, there's always that real box there and you can tap on the reel and then you can start to scroll through those reels. Mm. Those reels will generally be the ones that are trending and they are often exactly in your niche. So, you can get your ideas from that. And a good little tip is to save them. You can either save them directly in Instagram or you can copy the link and recreate them. Save yeah. the music, look at the trending audio, and recreate them. So yeah, because there's a there's a part in there that you can um, click on um, all reels that have that song in them, and then it'll roll through all these different reels with that song. Yeah, definitely. So you can you know if a song is really trending, then that can be a way to get your business noticed. Is if you recreate your own version. But I think that there can be a lot of stress caused if you are feeling like you have to think up something new and exciting um, yourself where you can really like, you know, tap in to what other people are doing and then recreate it with your own little flavour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what kind of strategies do you use? With my social media? Yeah. Oh, I feel like it changes all of the Bomba- time. Bombardment, is that the word? <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, that's what some people do. They just they just put this, they just put it out there on everything, and just keep pushing it at everyone until they go, "Wow, this what is this thing that's annoying me? I'm gonna have a look at it." Oh yeah, no, that's just that's not my cup of no. tea, not at all. I go for authenticity, mm-hmm. um, originality. Well, I yeah, originality because I can't be anything else other than myself. There's only I'm- one Sarah. <laughs> There is only one Sarah. Um, well, there's plenty of Sarahs, but there's only one of me. Yeah, I go for authenticity. I like to post every day, but, you know, I just don't like to cause myself too much stress with it because it can be all consuming. You can be so concerned about how many followers you've got and how many likes you're getting on your post and and then you lose sight of your actual business. I mean, it's a valuable, valuable tool. You can get heaps of traction for your small business, but not everybody goes viral. Not every post goes viral. And even if it does go viral, 
you may think that it's going to be the silver bullet for your business and that if you go viral, you're going to sell out of your product overnight. That's probably not going to happen. I think steady, steady is the best method. All right. So, do you have more to learn? So, so much more to learn. But I think it's one of those things, I'm not even going to do this justice, but like when you don't know what you don't know, do you know what I'm saying? Like as you as you get a little bit more knowledge, you start to understand how much you don't know. Yeah, I, I um, this is something that I struggle with, right? And this isn't this isn't a dig at you, so don't take it that way. <laughs> it's so, sounding like it might be. Well, it could be. You never know. So what I'm suggesting here is that to do all this research on social media, you're spending a lot of time either on your phone or on your computer watching other reels, watching other people's thing, what's the waves and what what you and I are about is not being around the computer, not being around the iPhone or, or the the tablet. Yeah. Yeah. This but is it's a struggle. Consuming, isn't it? This is a struggle for me. This is a real struggle for me. That we, you know, we have two little children, monkey see, monkey do. I don't want my kids to see me constantly on my phone. I don't want my kids to see me talking into my phone all the time or being different when I am talking into my phone. And I think that probably since my page was hacked and I lost my community um, and had to build it back up again, I really started to think about my business and my strategy for getting my business name out there because to... Um, build up such a large community and then to maintain a large community takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort and you have to be very consistent to keep those people engaged with your business and whilst I continually keep saying I think that social media is extremely valuable to your business and I think about my grandparents say how would they possibly have gotten their business um, as far afield as I can get mine um, without the things that we have now. It just it was impossible for them. So it's got a huge amount of benefit but at the same time it does have – quite a negative side and I just I just think about like when our kids are coming into teenage years and whatever and they're you know wanting a phone or um, they're worried about how they look or you know all of that negative side I'm trying to be really aware of what I'm doing now and what they're seeing me do because I don't want to be setting a bad example for them yeah all right so Other than social media, do you use any other advertising strategies? Well, this podcast is one, to be honest. I looked into putting an ad on the radio and when I really started to sit back and think about it and think about the cost of the ad and then who potentially might be listening to the ad, I'd been talking about doing a podcast and I'd been talking to a friend who had done a podcast and I just... I just felt like the podcast was a way better avenue for me as an alternative or something to sit alongside social media because it was a really good way for me to be able to collaborate with other businesses. Yeah. So by, you know, interviewing our guests, I share our interviews to my community and our guests share the interviews to their community. And then there's that crossover of people who might find out about a different business that they didn't know about before. And that probably sits well with my values in that I think that there's space for everyone. I don't need to be in competition with other small businesses because I want to support them and I want to prop them up and I want them to be successful as well. And this sort of just goes hand in hand with my values in that I want to help and support them. But also, too, I'm able to advertise, I suppose, or get our businesses in front of more people, but in a really genuine and authentic and sharing way. And I hope it comes across like that. I'm, you know, that's that's the genuine reason behind why the podcast was started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Will you continue using social media? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... um, 
even if you if you were to get hacked again, would you? Oh, God, that's a toughie. Uh, I don't know. I think that I would. I think the this day and age, and one of the things that I teach in my e-commerce courses is that if somebody has a business that's, say, just on Facebook and it, and it says DM me um, for products or for purchases and, um, you know, you don't have a secure payment method, those sorts of businesses to me, it's not that they feel dodgy, not at all, but if it's somebody that I don't know, I'm prob me personally, I'm probably unlikely to make a purchase from them You're because I feel like in this day and age, people sort of, you know, there's been too many people who've got sucked into buying a crappy pair of shoes and been ripped off or you know, their order didn't show up. I think that people do their research nowadays. And if you have a very professional looking website and you're present on social media, you've got secure payment methods, you've got all your policies and whatever in place, it's a, a much safer bet to make an online purchase than to make a purchase with somebody who's sort of doing a little bit of just slide into my DMs, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that type of arrangement. The so. backdoor stuff. <laughs> Oh, God. What would be your best piece of advice for someone who's trying to grow their social media knowledge? We, we've said this in other, in other episodes as well. Don't focus on the numbers. Don't focus on trying to get people to come and follow you. Be genuine. Be authentic. Build community. Actually engage with the people who are following your account and grow that way. I'm not into I'm not into fake. I'm all about being real. Nice, that's a good piece of advice. All right, Sarah, let's jump into your interview with Prue. This episode is brought to you by Marketing Directive. Marketing Directive is your digi marketing solution with a team of marketing specialists operating remotely to maximize your marketing levers and focus on your business objectives. Explore more at marketingdirective.co. I know I briefly introduced Prue at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to take a moment to welcome her. Prue is the owner of Hello Hattie, one of the most divine little boutiques based in a very small town just outside of Dubbo in central New South Wales. Prue, gosh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. And could we maybe start by getting you to explain exactly where you are based? Of course. Well, thank you for having me, firstly. Yes, so I am based in rural New South Wales. We live about 30 kilometres from Dubbo, just outside a little village called Wongarbon. So most stuff happens in Dubbo, but um, yeah, we're about 30 k's away, so... Lovely. It's a beautiful part of the world on a farm here, which is nice. That is nice. And what would the population be in your town? Oh, gosh. I wouldn't even know what Wongarbon is. It's like a few I hundred I want to have a go people. at saying Wongarbon, but I'm worried that I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> it's spelt like um, Wongabon. A lot of people call it Wongabon when they first oh, read it. Yes, so there's a few of those around here too. <laughs> My husband, um, he got, I've Googled it. So 766 is population. Fabulous. There you go. Oh, yes. that's amazing. So, yeah, it's like oh, 18, 20 Ks from Dubbo. But yeah, we live another 10 Ks from on there. On your so. property. And what do you grow on your property? So we have a sheep mm -hmm. stud and we also do cropping. So, um, there's lots of beautiful crops, as you'd see in my photos at the moment. So, canola, wheat, barley, oats, all oh, that sort fabulous. of stuff. So, yeah. You guys are on a farm too, right? Yes, we are beef cattle and lots of horses. Oh, oh good. we don't do – I don't do horses. Oh, lots um, of horses. My sister-in-law is horse mad, so oh, they've got a Well, <laughs> um, yes, my parents, we've always been on a cattle property. Um, we are in and out from the property because my husband is a diesel fitter and he works at Hastings Deering. Oh. Um, so we do spend like a lot more time away from the farm than I would like to. I'd like to be there full time. But so how west of the waves are you? Well, um, at home base, we're, it's around 175 kilometres to get from there to Mackay. But as the crow flies, you can bad, get there a little it? bit faster, but it's right over the top of the range. So you've got to go around. Yeah, right. Nice. Good part of the world. It though. definitely <laughs> is. It definitely is. Be nice and warm up there at the moment. So hot. It is foul. <laughs> yes. Well, we're dry heat too. So I 
completely understand that. <laughs> so aside from the dry heat, what are some of the pros and cons of living where you live? I want to say there's more pros than cons. I've the biggest pro is space. Like we have so much space, especially for the kids. We've got two kids, Hattie and um, Dougal. So they're six and eight and they just have so much space to run around and it just, yeah, it's beautiful us, for us as well. Like our neighbours are, you know, a few k's away and very peaceful and except when it's a drought. Yeah, motorbikes and all that sort of fun stuff for the kids Absolutely. to do. And yeah, we just love the privacy of it, which is I nice. always talk about how Mondays are so... Mondays are hectic for me because if we've come back from the farm and Brian goes back to work and the kids are just here with boring old mum, <laughs> we don't, we no longer have our buggy, <laughs> our, you know, pony, our granddad on a string. Yeah. So Mondays can be a little yes. bit hectic. <laughs> and Prue, what's your why? Why did you start Hello Hattie? I guess I've always been a bit of a creative. So, um, I kind of just wanted an extra outlet, I think. So it had both of my kids. And I think when Dougal was maybe two, I said to my husband, I just need something else to do. So I love my advertising job, which I still do today, but I just needed something, mm, something else. I get and it. my mum had a clothes store when I was younger. So I guess I kind of always grew up around that sort of thing. And I would go buying with her and I'd help out. Well, help <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> now that you've got Which children, term? do you do you think about how helpful you might have been? <laughs> um, I was more, I think I was in year eight when she first started. So, I was oh, probably, I was a bit older than my older, kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, like I just, I grew up with it, I guess. And it was like, I've always loved shopping. I love fashion. And yeah, I think it was just the next thing that I would do. I still, yeah, obviously do my advertising job but um just a different sort of creative the two of them which is like kind of complements each other and I guess helps me at the end of the day in terms of where I should advertise and just you know different strategies that I can use for Hello Hattie so that definitely helps. That is obviously very helpful and I do think <laughs> you know depending on like what your career might have been me obviously engineering numbers planning spreadsheets I incorporate, yeah, like total yeah, I incorporate <laughs> all of that though into West of the Waves. I really do like my, um, you know, my costs of what thing co what things cost and how I'm going to price things or yeah, stock management, you know, like you can just draw on all of those skills and bring them into your little business. And Yeah, so my advertising job is actually a media job. So we plan where our clients should spend their advertising budget and what media they should use to hit their target audience and stuff like that. So, yeah, we deal with all their budgeting and we split it up how we see fit in terms of, you know, whether they'll use TV or radio or newspapers, but they have a lot bigger budgets than I have. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely helps though in terms of, yeah, me being able to do the budgeting for Hello Hattie. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. Works well. They complement each other, I that think. That is so, such yeah. a little trick in your bag. <laughs> so, that probably leads into the next question, which is, you know, living where you do, how do you get your business name out there? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm online only as well. Yes, so, yeah. I guess I don't have that bricks and mortar store for people just to, you know, like walk past and be like, oh, what's that? And come and have a look. So, I guess very different to someone that has an actual shop front. Instagram and Facebook obviously play a big part mm. in that. I guess it's part of everyone's lives. It's free initially. Like, well, it's basically free unless you do sponsored posts. So, you know, you can definitely utilize like your hashtags and getting people to like and follow and share your content um, and keep it engaging, I guess, which I'm very time poor. So, I feel like I don't necessarily do that really <laughs> well. But, um, I know what I'm supposed to be doing in my head. It's just finding the time to actually do yes, it. Yes, I get that. But yeah, I guess in terms of double people, a few people caught on quite early that I was local and would do free local deliveries. So they would quite often message me and be like, oh, I've told my friends about you really quick at delivering <laughs> to us. And like, I'm in town most days anyway, with the kids or something like school related. So, you know, if they order that night, I can have it to them the next morning or the next yeah. afternoon 
in their mailbox for them. So I guess word of mouth is super beneficial, one of the most powerful forms of advertising and it's free. So I guess if you keep customer services at a good high quality, then, you know, people will talk about it and that helps get my name out, I guess, around oh, here. Absolutely. So yeah, keep them happy and they'll generally hopefully come back. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. So, you know, like you were mentioning, social media is such an important part of having an online business. I recently have just gone through yep. the most traumatic thing, losing my... I know. I, my heart <laughs> broke for you when that happened. I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Oh, God. But, you know, there's a few silver linings because, you know, some beautiful people just, you know, so many beautiful people came out to share. And whilst it's still traumatizing, I think that more good have, has come from it than bad. But, you know, how how important do you think social media is to your business? Oh, well, I, like, as you know, like being online, mm. it is so important and it's a huge part of people's lives. So, I feel you'd be silly not to add, like, not to use Instagram or Facebook. I know that you should post different content on both of those. No, However, I don't have I don't, time for that. I don't have time. I post it from Instagram and I send it to Facebook. But I do think a lot of my followers are different on Facebook and Instagram, but that's still basically mm-hmm. the same content for them. So Instagram would be bigger for me, I find. I guess I try not to fully rely on it because, be as taken. you know, it can all, you can be shut down. Like one day you have, thousands of followers and the next it's gone so I don't try to fully rely on it but it is definitely a big part I was talking to another guest um on the podcast and she said I can't remember the exact phrase but it was something along the lines of don't build your um palace on crown oh that doesn't make sense don't build your palace on crown land or don't build your house on crown land or something along those lines yeah. so, she so was, yeah don't rely 100 no, don't on rely on it altogether. yeah yeah. Do you think you've got most of your followers back? I don't even know how many you had. At the I had about when seven. I was just, just shy of 7,000. And no, absolutely not. I'm at about yeah. 2,300, which I think is amazing though, because first time around. I think you've built that up pretty quickly to get back yes. to that. Because yeah. it can be like, it's a process. It is. And I think the first time around, you know, they always say the first thousand is the hardest and then the next thousand's a little bit easier. The first time around, it seemed like a thousand took me about a year, but this time because of just people's yeah. kindness. And I really attribute that to the fact that I had built actual relationships with people and always gotten back to everybody's messages. Yep. And, you know, I I had built real relationships and they – you know, we're happy then to share my business. Yeah. But that's what brings them back. If you, like, if you do reply to them, even if, you know, sometimes they'll ask a question and you can't actually, you're like, I'm sorry, I can't get that anymore. Or, you know, there's, it's not always a good outcome, but you've got back to them and they do appreciate that. So, you know, yeah. if you go above and beyond, I think the loyalty factor is really good. Yeah, this space is changing a lot now because, you know, I even changed the way that I shop. I want to know who the person is, where it comes from, where my money is going to. Um, and people want to have access to the person behind it. They're not really uh, – it seems like there's been a shift away from, you know, the sort of faceless to then, you know, having that genuine connection with someone. So, yeah, I think it is so important. I do find – Sometimes people can be really unrealistic though. They'll think, well, why can't you offer me unlimited refunds or like, you know, I can send back and you'll pay for all my postage and, you know, but I'm not the iconic and, you know, as a small business, you've got to start somewhere. So you can't just offer everything that they can necessarily offer. And that I do find that a little bit hard. I'm like, come on, let's be realistic here. And if you don't write back within like an hour, they're like, hello, where are you? And I'm like, do you think they'd get back to you that quickly as well? So like, I know sometimes I think they can be a little bit unrealistic in their views, but anyway, there's always one. (laughs) (laughs) There's always one. And do you think that you've, you do think that you've got a good strategy in place, um, you know, to diversify away from just social media? I definitely would say 
my strategy needs some love. Mm-hmm. Um, working full time in a different job um, obviously really restricts my time with Hello Hattie. So I think if I did Hello Hattie full time, I would definitely probably sit there and have a better strategy of how I like, you know, deal with different things or which like photos to use and maybe like have them a bit more organized and set up ready to go. Like I'm not like that at all. I like, <laughs> I do not have, like I'm very organized, but like I have a family, I have two kids, I have a husband that works a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we sound I work very time, similar. Plus I do hello Hattie's <laughs> trying to find time to sit and actually have a proper strategy, which I know I would love to say that I do, but I don't. <laughs> you, we, we're sort of like the, Plumber who's got a broken tap. Or the builder who never builds his own house. (laughs) Oh, exactly. And what advice would you give to somebody who was trying to make social media the friend? Um, I guess do what works for you. Do what works for you as a business. Do what works for you as like for your family. Don't try and like get caught up in what everyone else is doing, Mm. I guess, would probably be my biggest piece of advice. And I, I know it's, you know, I should practice what I preach, but you know, I think you can sit like people put the best things on Instagram. It's very rare that you see the real behind that. So, you know, someone might look like they're doing something amazing, but underneath it all, that's probably not the case, but what works for someone else doesn't necessarily work for you. So, you know, do your own thing and do what is working for you or what you think will work for you. And just, focus on that don't focus on what everyone else is doing yeah absolutely I totally agree with you because it's quite easy to get caught up in you know like reels at the moment I know that reels are going gangbusters (laughs) and everybody's doing them and sometimes I feel the pressure to you know get involved but I just don't even know if I'm quite creative enough to do them and if I'm not going to do them well then no, it's not that I'm not, you know, it's not that I need to do them well, like be a, you know, Oscar winning performance or anything, but do them consistently and yeah. make them properly or, and share them regularly. And I just I can't think, even like, I get feel I waste it. so much time even trying to do them. And I'm like, well, that's two hours. I'm not going to get back for something that maybe no one will even see exactly. or like it's crap anyway. So <laughs> I, um, like I don't love being in all the photos on Hello Hattie, but I do find that it works better for me if I am in them because um, people can see the clothes on a real person and not on a model. But in terms of reels, I just – videoing is not my no. thing. Like that petrifies me. I Like I was nervous doing being on a video with you today. I know my voice is only on the podcast, but I can see you and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I hate being on a video. So reels just aren't my thing. I just figure focus on what you're good at and to me, like I've done a few, but I just, you know, like I don't get, you know, they certainly don't go viral. No, definitely <laughs> not. But you know what I think I'm going to do? And I often like on a Saturday morning, I might jump in um, and try a few things on and just do a try on. And normally I just send that video to my stories, but I was thinking about it last night and I was like, what if I just put the video into a reel and then share that as a reel? I think that's about as good yeah, as I you can, can do get. That. Yeah. And you can also, I guess you could chop part of it, cut it up and, you know, add different bits or yeah. cut and paste kind of things. So I just don't like my voice being honest. <laughs> you can get so stressed about the algorithm and what's going to get shared and all of those sorts of things. But if it's not working for you, exactly. If it's not working for you, then don't waste your time because it's just going to stress you out. Yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. But I think like IGTV, it, you know, they introduced that and people started jumping on that bandwagon, but that's like fallen to the wayside a little bit. Now it's replaced by reels. Like there'll be yeah, something else. I think, yeah, exactly. I'm just waiting for that to tick over. So there is something else and hopefully that something else is something I might be good at. <laughs> but I think as long as we're there, we're being consistent, we're posting, we're good. Yeah. Do you think that the social media helps you to reach an audience outside of your local area? No, no. I, like It absolutely helps me. But I just try and think of it as an extra sales funnel, not my only sales funnel. So I think for me, 
My website is my most important. Like you can send people to your website, but if your website's crap, then you're going to lose people, I think. And it needs to be a good, easy user experience. Like if it's too hard to get people like adding to cart and then the process is too hard to get to the checkout, I think you'll lose people and they'll go find it somewhere Mm -hmm. that's really easy. Yeah. So I think website is my main thing. And yeah, like it's just an added bonus, Instagram and Facebook. And at the moment, it's a great thing to, you know, focus my time on. But, you know, that could all change tomorrow. So I think you need to be a little bit broader than just social media. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. So what other advertising strategies do you use? Do you do a radio or print or magazine? Not at the moment. I just, like I said before, my clients that I work on for, in my advertising job have a lot more money to spend like tens of millions of dollars a year on advertising. I yeah. certainly do not have that, unfortunately. I send out a subscribe, like an e- like yeah. an e-newsletter to all my subscribers. So I find that quite powerful, especially for yeah. like my loyal customers. Yeah, so that'll be once or twice a week. It'll just depend what stock... I have coming like if I have heaps of stock that week I might send out two otherwise I probably will send out one so yeah I find that really good oh you you send out one to two a week in your emails that's amazing yeah because I have heard through Mia Friedman actually <laughs> that you know the the number of emails that you should be sending is actually a lot more than you think it is like if you think that it's acceptable to send one once a month well it's not it's actually acceptable to send one once a week and with your email subscribers if they yeah. don't like it they have the option to unfollow or unsubscribe yeah so if you or see your, if you were to see your numbers go down dramatically maybe you've pushed it too far but once a week is absolutely acceptable like if i send it and then or whatever time i send it i can then jump on and see like i get a lot of people traffic to the website so and i i might not always get sales if i'm just sending stuff that people have already seen but if it's all new stock and stuff i know that they will love like the sales will come with those emails so yeah like that's obviously not going to work for every business and depends what you sell, I guess, and what you're promoting. But yeah, I find that's really good for my loyal customers is the e-newsletters and that's cost efficient as well. So some providers will be free. Others will charge you based on the number of subscribers you have and how many emails you send like over a certain period of time. So you just need to find what's right for you. Yes, absolutely. For that sort of stuff. I don't utilize that anywhere near enough. (laughs) Um. Yeah, like it, it honestly doesn't take me that long to do up the email. But some days I'm like, oh, I couldn't be bothered. But I'm like, I really need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to do one after we finish the podcast. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I tried Google AdWords just to see how that would go. And I think I was such a small fish in a big pond that... Mm-hmm. I felt like it was wasting my money. I know it works for some people, um, but I do find it really expensive. And I think fashion, it's... Yeah, such a big pool. If you're a bit more niche, Mm -hmm. maybe, like to what your target market is, if that's really quite niche, I think it could work really well for you. But when it's such a broad, you know, product or Mm. service, like women's fashion, um, you can really get lost between all those big... Yeah, definitely. Because it's almost like bidding for your spot. So if they, you know, if you're, if you're you're willing to pay sort of, you know, $5 for an ad, somebody else with a big name brand might be willing to pay $250 for that spot and they'll get it every time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it might work for you, but it might not. But if it doesn't and you're I don't know. I just felt like I was wasting money and it wasn't really giving me any traction. So I was like, I can use that money better elsewhere so i just scrapped it i outsourced and got some like a professional to do it even though i work in advertising i wasn't great with like google stuff like adwords i was like oh that is just too technical for me so i outsourced but i still felt like i wasn't getting bang for my buck so i scrapped it (laughs) i gave it a few months just to um because they said you know it might take some Mm -hmm. time to build up and get get it going but i 
after a few months, I was like, no, yeah, this is not that for me. Exact, that is exactly what yeah. I have just done. I have just outsourced to someone who was recommended to me by another business owner that I know uses it very successfully. Yep. Um, she recommended this specific um, service provider who I then spoke to, had a meeting with, started the process. I let it run for two months and I was getting huge numbers of click-throughs, like 54,000 click-throughs to my website. The first thing was that my actual website was not reflecting those numbers. Like I didn't see 54,000 extra visitors on my Ah. site. And the Mm. second thing was that- Red flag. (laughs) Yeah, red flag. The entirety, and I have no reason, like her and I were talking regularly. Um, She had negative uh, AdWords and positive AdWords and phrases. So, you know, there was negative words in there like yep. cheap or Kmart or all of these sorts of things. So we knew that when people were typing it in, they might say like Australian made ladies, women's dresses, luxury, or, you know, we had all of those sorts of words in there. So yep. the people or the supposed people, let's say, I figure they might be bots. Yeah. It's in uh, it's in Google's best interest to show you good stats, I suppose, to get you to keep. Oh, absolutely. And that makes me yes. sound like I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. But no, you're yeah, not. I definitely was not seeing that traffic <laughs> reflected on my website. And also for the entirety of having had my website, I've always had a conversion rate of around 2 to 2.5%, so average 2.2% conversion. Yeah. And I did not have one conversion. Yeah. Not see, one. No. You feel like you're just throwing money or flushing it down the toilet. Mm, like, yeah. I think if it doesn't it was, feel it right for you, expensive. just need to scrap it. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did scrap it. Honestly, 54,000 clicks, it said, and not one single conversion. And the lady was saying to me, you know, I was talking to her all the time and I was fairly not firm with her or anything, but I was after one week, I was already like, you know, what what is going on? Like I can't have this many clicks and not have one sale because based on 2.2%, that should have been, it was like 1,180 sales or something based on 2.2. And I said, even if we, even if we like went 1%, 1% of my normal conversion rate, that then came back to 12 sales. I was like, if you're telling me that I've had 54,000 clicks, then, and not one sale, like we, we are finished. So I just, I just did, I scrapped it. I just found it stealing my money, really. But yes, it does work for some people. So, you know, if it works for you, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> it does work for some people. But I think you're exactly right, though. I think it needs to be niche because, yeah, even if you type in Australian made ladies linen dresses, mm-hmm. that's still a very, very big pool of people in comparison oh, to, you know, something like. I can't even think of an example, but. Um, yeah, but something that is really niche and there's not a huge market for it, but if you find the right market for it, there's obviously words that you can associate on Google with that. And yeah, that might be amazing for that business. But yeah, for us, I feel we, our market is so broad. Anyway, I'm glad I did it because I think I would have always wondered if it worked yeah. and then be like, oh, should I try it or not? But now I know it's not right for me. And I've been there, done that, doesn't work, move on to something else. So I sometimes um, do like sponsored posts on Instagram, which then um, obviously reflect on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I find they can work quite well. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to update them frequently enough. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Now, Brie, tell me, what do you love about Hello Hattie? The clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love... I really love seeing what people order. So, like, are you do you Shopify? Yes, I do. You, yeah. Yeah. So, you like, you'll get the little. Actually, I put my phone on silent because I feel like I've got. I get emails all the time, and I just can't deal with the every my phone beeping all the time. But um, like it'll vibrate, and I'll be like, oh, what's that? And I'll always check an order straight away, and I'm like, oh, what did they order? And yeah, me too. I really love looking at orders of people that are loyal customers and that they keep coming back. And I'm like, 
oh, what did you buy this time? And we're like, oh, yeah, that's and like I feel like I get a real sense of their style and I just love looking into, yeah, like what cool stuff they might have in their wardrobe and what is from me. So I find that pretty exciting. And for the ones that do come back, like if a name comes up and I'm like, oh, they've ordered quite a few times, I feel like I'm doing something right yeah. if they keep coming back. So I guess that's a nice little <laughs> thing for me. It makes me feel happy that, you know, they like what I'm doing and you know, start purchasing more frequently, which is exciting. It is. And I guess also like my daughter, she's eight, so her name's Harriet and she's Hattie, so you can see where yes. the name yeah. came from. But, you know, she um quite enjoys unpacking boxes with me and it's like a fun little thing for us to do together and she'll quite often, I'll wrap stuff and she'll put a sticker on. She'll be like, I'll do the stickers. So I'll wrap, she'll do the stickers and then we put it in the post. So, you know, it's a fun little thing for us to do together. The fact that there's often like an extra little piece of sticky tape or something on the packages. Yeah. <laughs> because mine are only three or two. And if two. I ever go away, which um, doesn't happen very often with lockdown, um, thankfully we're out now. But if I go away for a few days and it's not on a weekend, I might get my husband to wrap the stuff. And I'm like, now make sure you do it really neatly and He'll write a little note with it and then I'll get messages going, oh, I think your husband sent a parcel for me. And I was like, sorry, I hope it was okay. <laughs> and they're like, no, I think that's great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Blessing. And finally, Prue, <laughs> I always like to ask my guests, what is your best hack? This is sort of for me too so that I can learn. Yeah, so I wrote a few things down before so um, I didn't forget anything. But um, in terms of, I guess, like apps that I use that I use all the time and find – really helpful. Obviously, mm -hmm. I use Shopify for my website. So, I have that app on my phone and I use it probably more than I would use it on my, like the website mm -hmm. on my desktop. Um, Instagram is obviously a big part of that and Canva. Yeah. Do I do. Canva? I use Canva, but yeah, I also so use Over, which they've just recently renamed to Studio. It was purchased by GoDaddy and it's also really good. Oh, so, okay. I use Canva and Over. So, why do you use both of them? Are they similar? Well, I don't really know why I use both of them. I feel like I was using Canva and I didn't have the, like, paid subscription. I just had the free subscription and I probably didn't mm -hmm. get um, as many benefits. All and the benefits. then I was talking yeah. to a friend and she told me about Ova and I did the paid subscription of Ova and then I started getting really good at using that. But somebody that somebody else that yeah. I was working with was then using Canva. So I had to get myself across Canva. So now I ended up having templates in both yeah. of them and I couldn't, I couldn't do away with one or the other. I really like both of them for different things. Yeah, I'll have to look yeah, into Yeah, you can over. use it on um, both it on your phone. I think I prefer it on my phone to Canva, um, but it's got a really good desktop um, app as well. Well, I use Canva for um, – I use most of it on my desktop, but I love having the app on my phone so I can download – whatever I've created on the desktop straight to my phone and then straight to like Instagram or Facebook and, you know, you can change all your sizes obviously. So Instagram posts like it's exact size or your stories or whatever. And then I very rarely create stuff from scratch from the app, but I just find it great if I need to make any little changes or anything. It's super helpful on my phone. I guess piece of advice, I have a little um, – yeah. I use Pinterest occasionally. I'll like flick through and I save like cool little quotes and stuff to that. One of my favorite is hustle until you, your haters ask if you're hiring. I just, yes. I love that. That is a good like, one. As much as people want to be supportive and all that stuff, there are still haters out there and they certainly like to make themselves known or, you know, put you down. And I, I just, I hate seeing that for other businesses. So yeah, hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring, I think is great. And also just go with your gut because it's usually right. Absolutely. Now, if anybody is looking for Hello Hattie, tell them where they can find you. So my website is hellohattie.com.au and Hattie is spelled H-A-T-T-I-E. And otherwise, Instagram and Facebook is the other best place you can find me. Um, Hello Hattie underscore collective for Instagram and then just you can type in Hello Hattie on Facebook and it should come up. So 
yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, well, Prue, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. I've loved having a chat with you. Same. Thank you for having me. Oh, no worries at all. Thank you so much. All right. So wrap up snap quiz. Sorry, my voice is getting real croaky here. Would West of the Ways be where it is now without social media? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think the answer has to be no. I don't, yeah, it's a no. It wouldn't be where it is without social media. And I think my reason for saying that is in the beginning, I built up a pretty big community and that was, you know, sort of growing the business and getting it in front of more people. But I think when the page got hacked and I lost my social media, I think that that's when the social media really came into its own mm. because of the fact that I had made genuine relationships with people and they helped me to build my business back up really quickly. Yeah, so that's probably not like exactly what you might think I would have said in that, I had such a large community to start off with, but the real value of the social media came from when the shit hit the fan and those genuine connections that I'd made with people, they all came out um, to support me and help me, um, you know, grow that community back up again because, you know, once you lose your community like that, the sales go from whatever they might be to zero. They literally go to zero. Yeah. Do you think social media is a help or a hindrance? Oh, uh, do I have to choose one? <laughs> it's a help, but it's time consuming. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a help, but it's definitely a hindrance as well. It can cause Would a lot. Would you call of- it a necessary evil? Yes, that's a that's a good one. That's exactly what it is, a necessary evil. And she says she's the brains people. <laughs> Can your business grow without social media? Oh, definitely. I definitely think it can. There's so many other options. I mean, you can be in print, you can be in radio, you can be in TV. Um, There are, you know, paid ads, Google ads, all of those sorts of things are ways that Billboards. Billboards. Uh, you can go to trade fairs. You can have. You can go to the stickers market. Stickers on the back of your van. Stickers on the back of your car. There are so many other ways that you can grow your business. But I do think that social media is a good option. It can be a free option. You don't have to pay for the the for the um, paid ads, and you can build a community of really really loyal followers. But I just don't think we should fall into the trap of. Um, having it as the be-all and end-all of our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Radio. well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed our episode and I hope you can forgive us for recording in the middle of the night. Um, next, next up, next week, we are interviewing Nick from Camp Draft Oz, which will be a great interview. I'm so excited to bring that one to you. But in the meantime, make sure you jump on and follow us on social media and join our All Things Small Biz family where you can send us feedback, you can join in the conversation and remember to always tell us about your business because we love giving you guys shout outs. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page or join our Facebook group, All Things Small Biz Family. We'd love you to follow our social media pages or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingsmallbizpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening.